Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today. Well, good morning. If there's so, uh, I've been waiting for weeks to hear somebody honk their horn during a service. Whoa, man, I'm excited. Welcome to Hillside Assembly. We're so excited that you're here today for our first outdoor service of the summer. We're going to have an amazing time together. Uh, If you're visiting us here in person, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. Uh, And then if you're visiting us online too, it's great to have you here. We'd love for you to come out this summer and check out our outdoor services. Uh, Let's go over a few things because we're doing things a little differently than we've done in the past. And so we do have a BGMC lemonade stand right over here. There is ice cold bottles of water in the blue cooler. We also have uh, different flavored drinks each week. I believe today is some type of lime green something or other uh, in the orange jug. Help yourself to that anytime during the service. Just walk over, go ahead and grab that. That would be great. Bathrooms are available in our lower level. You just follow this walkway right in and there's signage to to the bathrooms. Uh, Hey, we're going to dismiss kids in a little bit. They're going to sit with you for right now, but in a little bit we'll dismiss kids. They're going to follow Miss Jackie in this way as well, up to our kids zone, which is in the front of the church. And then parents, you can pick up your kids inside the church at the end of our service today. You might be asking yourself, how are we going to do giving? Well, let me tell you, we've got a couple different ways that you can give this morning. Uh, Before service, You can give when you drive in at our Welcome Center. They've got the ability to put uh, your your offering into our giving tubes. We also have a giving tube here. It's the white tube. You can walk up and drop your offerings in there as well before or after service. Of course, you can give online at hillsideassembly.org. When you leave service today, we are going to ask that you exit out the back of our building. You might notice we've kind of created this funnel here. Uh, to go out onto Union Street. And so if you would exit on Union Street today, that would be a huge help. We want to keep everybody safe. And if we've got cars going everywhere, it's kind of a little bit of a mess. So all of our cars down here, if you would exit onto Union Street, and our parking team would help you do that at the end of service. A couple of announcements. First off, let's hear it for the dads this morning because it's Father's Day. We're so excited to be sharing this day with you, and we've got some donuts with Dad today. Hopefully, you got your donuts when you came in, Uh, and so hopefully your family will enjoy that today. This Friday, we've got a worship night here at the church. We're just going to have a time of worship. It's going to be a great time. That starts at 7 p.m. We're also going to be selling concessions that night, and all the concession sales go to our medical missions team that's headed to Kenya. Uh, So you don't want to miss out on that. I think they're having burgers, brats, a whole bunch of other things. Concessions actually start at 6 p.m., so you can come early and just have a great time fellowshipping, maybe help us set up if we're not completely set up. That would be great, but worship starts at 7 p.m. We'd love for you to come out uh, that night, and then I will be doing an interview at the intermission uh, with Dr. Dr. Nelson, just talking a little bit about the missions team uh, and them going. The power of God is moving this morning in great ways. Uh, as our team will quickly work to fix our tent problem. We'll wait down those legs, guys. Uh, thanks so much. Obviously, we forgot to do something this morning. Uh, that might be it. Uh, and then next Sunday, we're really excited because we're going to do something new, and we want to encourage you to bring a sack lunch with you to church next week because we're going to have sack, sack lunch Sunday on the green following our worship experience next Sunday. We'd love for you to join us for lunch And uh, we're going to clear all this out after the worship service next week, set up some tables underneath our tents, and just have lunch together. And we'd love to, next Sunday, bring us, just love to have lunch with you this morning. We want to spend some time with the Lord. God wants to do great things in your life today. Uh, He wants to do great things in the lives here in Ripon and surrounding communities. So would you stand to your feet? We're going to pray over our worship experience this morning. God's going to do some great things this morning. Amen? Who's glad to be here? Lord, we just lift up our hands to you this morning. God, we surrender our hearts to you. Because God, you want to do something greater in the lives here in this place, in the lives in our community, the lives that are watching online today than ever before. God, I believe today for some people there's a restoration coming. 
things in their lives that have been stolen, that have disappeared, that have, have been lost, I believe, God, this morning, you're going to begin to restore those things in people's hearts and minds. God, I believe that you're about to bust loose on this place in a way like we've never seen before. You're about to light our hearts up, engage our minds with your word, give us the hope that we need to continue moving forward in our journey with you and the life that we live. And God, we pray as we worship this morning that we do so with the right heart. God, we just let go of everything that we've done this week, the things that we've had to deal with this week. Lord, to just grab a hold of you for this moment. To spend time with you. To lift your name on high. God, we give you praise, glory, and honor this morning. God, have your way in this place. Church, would you join us this morning for worship? Robbie, would you lead us this morning? Psalm 66 says, Shout for joy to God all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Do you have the joy of the Lord this morning? Let's sing about that joy. Sing house of the Lord. the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. Our God, he holds the victory. Yeah. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. We won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. We won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. We shout out your praise. We sing to the God who heals. We sing to the God who saves. We sing to the God who always makes he hung up on that cross and he rose up from that grave my guy still rolling stones away oh there's joy there's joy in the house of the lord there's joy in the house of the lord today we won't be quiet we shout out your praise there's joy in the house of the lord our god is surely in this place we won't be Shout out to 
you for your presence. You are here in this place. Jesus, you make a way when there is no way. We put our faith and our trust in you this morning, that you have ordered our steps. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when 
There's a story that God is writing, and you are a part of that story. And sometimes we're in a situation where it doesn't seem to make sense. Some of you may have seen the the thing I posted this weekend on my Facebook, uh, a story about two pastors that are very close to my heart because they're from my home church. Uh, I knew them both really well, still still good friends with them both. And um, during the, the COVID season, Pastor Walter Hooker is a person who poured into my life as a young person in so many ways. Um, he got COVID. It was really serious. They thought he was going to definitely function. It's going well, but they put him on the Christian Center. It's about 800 people right now, and they put out a plea to the church if you would be willing to put your name up to see if you would be a match for Walt for a kidney. Um, the thing about transplants is not only do you have to have the right blood type, but there's all these other very intricate things that have to be correct and and usually you're just looking for a close match the closest match possible they did this they went through the process turns out that the lead pastor is not just a good match he's the perfect match for the associate pastor's kidney because it's a part of the story God's writing and in August they're going to have surgery together. What a powerful moment for that church. And this morning, I believe God wants to do something powerful in your life. Maybe you're here this morning and you're facing something this week. You're facing something in your life that seems overwhelming. We want to take an opportunity right now this morning to ask God to intervene in your story. Because you may not realize it, sometimes we're so focused on our story, we don't realize that God has a bigger story that he's writing. And there's part of it that we just don't see. And I believe this morning God wants to start a miracle in your life. I'm going to ask our board if you would come, if you're available this morning, if your spouse is with you, if you could come as well, that would be great. We're going to just spend just a few moments praying for people this morning. I'm going to ask a couple people to come up that I know have some needs this week. Diane Spiegler. Uh, is having heart surgery this week. We want to pray for you, Diane. Uh, Jackie's two kids, two of her kids, are having surgery this week on Thursday and Friday. So Jackie, if you would come, we want to pray for you too. Um, We want to just have an opportunity for God to do something great in your life this morning. And if, if you are, if you're here and you have a need, would you just come up? We're going to pray for you too. We don't have to vocalize it. You don't even have to tell us. We just want to have an opportunity for God to do something great in your life. Would you just stretch out a hand to these that are up here this morning? God wants to do something great. God, this morning, you're writing a story that's bigger than our story. God, I believe that you want to step into these lives and situations and do something great. That you already have a solution to the problem that they're facing. We just can't see it yet. God, we ask that you would move heaven and earth that you would make every mountain low and every valley high, that the past would become straight for those who are in this place of crisis, this place of confusion, this place of not knowing, this place of a need of a miracle. God, would you move and do something great? Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor this morning. 
Lord, we pray specifically for Diane and her heart surgery. In the name of Jesus, it would go incredibly well. That there would just be incredible blessings that flow through her in the days to come. Lord, we pray this morning for Jackie's two kids who are facing surgery, that in the name of Jesus, that Lord, you would guide those surgeons' hands, that it would go exceptionally well, there would be no complications whatsoever, and that Lord, the solutions that need to be presented would be there. God, we thank you. And Lord, we lift up every other person's need this morning. God, you leave no one behind. And Lord, what you start, you will see to completion. We give you praise, glory, and honor. And God's people said, amen, amen. Thank you, board, for coming up. I know that wasn't planned this morning. Thanks for your flexibility. You could like to be part of our kids. She is right by the giving your way over to Jackie right now. Well, I'm so excited to preach this morning because I know God has something great. We'll end our service with a little bit more worship in just a few moments. John chapter 10, verses 9 through 16 says this, and this is Jesus speaking, and he's talking about the type of life that he wants you to have. John chapter 10, starting in verse 9, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he hires a hand and cares nothing for the sheep. But I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. I am the father. The father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and they shall be one flock and one shepherd. Anyone here ever had something stolen from them? Yeah. Isn't it a horrible feeling when you have something stolen from you? You can feel violated. You can feel unsafe. It's just, it's not a good thing. This morning, I want to share with you a message entitled, Stop Letting the Devil Steal Your Stuff. Because I want to tell you, the devil wants to steal your stuff. The scripture said very clearly that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And I want to focus in on that word, steal. But I'm so glad that our Lord came not to do that. He came to give us life and life to the full. So what are the things that the devil wants to steal from you? Well, there's a lot of things, but Miss Jackie really set us up so well last week. Didn't she do a great job preaching? I'm so proud of her. Great, great job last week. But she talked about some things that are important for us to have as Christians. And these are the things that the devil really wants to steal from us. Because once he steals these things, the rest of our life becomes open game. He, the devil would love to steal your joy. He loves to steal your peace and your love, patience, kindness, your gentleness, your generosity, your faithfulness, and your self-control. Those are the things that he wants to steal from you. We call those things the fruit of the Spirit. They're the things that God is cultivating in our life as we grow closer to him. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. The devil's always looking to steal your stuff that you're meant to have as you follow Christ. I think it's good to understand and to be able to talk a little bit about how the devil does these things. Because if we can understand how the enemy functions in our life, then we can mount a defense against it so that it's not so easy for him to steal our stuff. That's like, uh, I used to live in Omaha, and, and you, just, you, you knew you locked your door every night. Uh, it wasn't like living in the country. Uh, if you left your door open, your stuff wasn't going to be there tomorrow morning. Because there are people who will take advantage. And let me tell you, if you don't lock the doors, the devil will come in and steal your stuff. He is aggressively pursuing the things that you have.
that God has cultivated in your heart, he wants to steal them from you. So let's begin to take a look at this. How does the devil begin to do this? Well, the devil's not a pickpocket. He doesn't sneak around and just try to steal that without you knowing. He's a disruptor. He causes a commotion. He causes a, a, a situation. And in the chaos, he then tries to steal your stuff. A few of these disruptions. That's the first one because it's his pool. And by the way, we want to see people baptized, water baptized. If you've given your life to Jesus, we want to see you follow the command that God gave to be baptized. And we'll talk more about that at the end of service today. So I'm going to use this as an illustration. And, and here are the things in our heart that, that God has, right? And he comes along and, and he wants to cause a disruption. He wants to take the peace that we've got here. This water is completely still this morning. And he wants to cause a disruption. So the first one is words. Oh, and all of a sudden you're like, I didn't realize I was sitting in the splash zone this morning. You have to be prepared when you come to Hillside. Words we listen to and the words we speak. Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. The words, words are, can be extremely powerful. They can build people up or they can tear them down to shreds. How many of you this morning have been hurt by the words that someone has spoken into your life? If you're not raising your hand, that's okay. We'll have an altar call for the liars later. It's all right. Because we've all been hurt by words. We've all been hurt by words. Nothing hurts worse than being wounded by someone that you thought you could trust. We've all been there. Someone says something to us and maybe they thought it was funny. But it didn't come across that way to us in the moment. Sometimes there's just a misunderstanding, a miscommunication. And, and sometimes that's on us. And sometimes that's on the person who spoke, but sometimes miscommunication happens and it's not what that person intended to say. It wasn't what they, they were trying to share, but it got convoluted and in that process we get hurt. Sometimes uh, we read into what people say and we apply an intent that was never meant to be there. Or maybe it's just intentional and maybe they meant to hurt you because that happens too. And the words that we say to others, they can get us in trouble faster than anything else I know. I've been there. Ecclesiastes 3.7 says, there's a time to be silent and a time to speak. I think that's one thing as followers of Christ is we've got to learn it's not always about us saying something all the time. That we don't have to fill every single moment of empty space with our own words. That sometimes silence is okay. But once words are said, we tend to hold on to them. And we seem to hold on to the words that we need to let go of, and we let go of the words that we need to hold on to. We seem to have it backwards. Ecclesiastes 3.6 says it's time to search, there's a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away. Sometimes the words that were spoken to us by someone, we got to just let them go. We got to let them go because if not, they'll eat us alive. And when that starts to happen, the devil comes in and he starts stealing all of our fruit. That's not what God has for you. Sometimes it's our approach to the words that are said over our life. The, how we approach the words that are spoken over us will determine the power that they hold over us. Do you react out of anger and frustration? Or do you take a moment, breathe, and then respond how you're supposed to respond? That's on us. We can't control what others can say, but we can always control how we respond. And some of you here today are haunted by the words that have been spoken over your life. I'm going to tell you, if some of these things that people say are true, we should take the truth to our life, apply it, and then let the let rest go. Make the changes that we need to make changes to, but then let it go. Don't cling to the words that you're meant to let go of. But we need to cling and hold on to the words that really impact us, that we're supposed to hold on to. Words like found in Ephesians chapter 2. Words that say, you are loved. You're a masterpiece. You're chosen. You're forgiven. You're redeemed. You're a new creation. You're a child of the king. The disruption that the devil uses is anxiety. So he throws another distraction. Look, it's working great. You guys are falling right in for this every time. You're like, oh no, I got wet. You're not going to melt, I promise. 
to be honest. We all do it. We all worry. And we know that we're not supposed to. We've heard the scriptures before. Let me read a couple for, of, you for, of, of them for you. Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Cast your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And I think sometimes we've misinterpreted these verses. We think that anxiety shouldn't exist. But that's not what these say. They say when anxiety comes, when worry comes, then put it in the right place. See, worry and anxiety are kind of like birds. You're like, what in the world is pastor talking about? How many people have ever been pooped on by a bird? All right, now the real truth is coming out. It's not a fun experience. I was on a date one time, all right, and there was a seagull, and it was not pretty. It was the only date I ever had with this girl. That was the last one. That's all I'm going to say. It was not good. Because look, if you have birds that roost in a certain place, you know what you can expect there? When there's a nest, there's bird poop. And, and you don't want birds roosting over your head. It's the same thing with worry. When worry comes in our life, when something shows up and we start to worry about it, we've got to shoo those birds away. We've got to shoo the worry out of our life. We don't let it set up and roost over our head. Because then worry takes hold. Once worry takes hold, what does the enemy do? He comes and steals your fruit. We get so focused on our worry for things that probably will never happen. He steals all the things and all the blessings that we could have had in the moment. That's why Peter tells us, cast our anxiety on God. Give it over to God. Let God deal with it. Because it's a trap that the enemy wants you to fall for. Get focused on your worry. The third disruption is the voices in our head. The, our own thoughts. We can be our own worst enemy. We'll start going someplace. God's doing great things in our life. Things are going pretty good. But then it's our own mind that begins to disrupts what God's doing and steals our peace from our life, steals our love, steals our hope. We can be our own worst enemy. It's important to be able to balance how we perceive ourselves. Sometimes we look in the mirror and when we get up in the morning, and, and a lot of you know this, you look at that person in the mirror and the minute that you do, you get discouraged. You see everything wrong with you. You see all the places where you're goofing up, where you're not good enough, where you're messing up as a parent or it's Father's Day as a dad, and you see all the shortcomings that you have. And you go, I'm not good enough. And then the devil comes along and he'll, he'll whisper in your ear to help those thoughts along. We've got to have be well balanced. We can't think of ourselves too good like like some some people you know they think of themselves and they're like i am the next best thing to jesus if i could learn to walk on water i'd be right there with him and it's like i just want to assure everybody you're not as good as yet okay nobody's that good we've all got issues we've all got problems we're all messed up but you're also not the worst person in the world you've got to be balanced and we've got to allow jesus to help us be balanced We've got to come to this place of the middle ground and be well-rounded in how we perceive ourselves. When we fail, when we fall down, we don't stay down. We get back up and we move forward. The fourth disruption that the devil comes and does in our life is our expectations. It doesn't meet our expectations. We become discouraged. What I'm going to experience in the future. Some people have a real hard time experiencing anything new. A different way of doing something because, oh, I've never done that before. But sometimes it's because of the experience in our past and the hurt that those experiences have caused that keep us from moving forward. The devil loves to try to dictate our future by bringing up our past. The devil wants to make you a victim and keep you a victim. And some of us have experienced very traumatic things in our past. I'm not trying to diminish those or make those small. I know what it's like to have trauma in your life and how difficult it is to move forward. Some of us have experienced abuses and others, by, some of us have experienced abuses by others' hands. And the devil 
holds our past experiences over us and says, you're never going to be free of this. You're always going to be marked. You're always going to be titled by this thing, this disruption in your life, this occurrence that happened in your past. And then it shades our expectations of the future. Let me share this with you if you've been a victim of something in your past. What happened to you was not right. But don't let the devil define your future by saying you're always going to be a victim. Because Jesus defines your future as a champion, as an overcomer. You will get past the hurts and the things that have happened to you. No matter how horrible or incorrect they were, there's a bright future ahead for you. Isaiah 43, 18-19 says this, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. God wants to do great new things in your life. For some here, it's not trauma. Maybe it's just the fact that you're just stuck in the way that you've always experienced things. I want to tell you, God wants to do something new in your heart today, no matter how young or how old you are. God wants to give you new experiences. I love that some of our young people just got back from a missions trip. I love that some people went to Milwaukee last weekend for the first time to do something like that on a missions team. We've got people going everywhere. Uh, Nick's getting ready to go to Japan this fall. He's never been to Japan before. He has no idea what to expect, but he's not letting that hold him back. He's jumping into a new adventure with Jesus. Let me encourage you, sometimes we've got to be stretched to go to new places to experience something new that God wants to do. The church, when it first started, everything was a new experience. What if we could get back to that church? What if our hearts and our minds could get back to that and say, God, I just want to experience the new things that you've got for me, for my family, for my community, for our church. Let's experience something great with God. The final disruption that the devil uses, and it's the largest one, he comes along and it's shame. Well, it even had a big thud to it. He loves to shame people. Revelation tells us that the devil is the accuser of the followers of Jesus. And I'm tired of the devil shaming the people I love. You are awesome and amazing. And I love each and every one of you. God has great things for you. Don't let him shame you. Don't let him, don't listen to the lies that he uses. God tells you that you're ugly. That you, or Sorry, the devil tells you that you're ugly, that you're not loved, that you're hopeless. You'll always be alone. He drags up your past and all the mistakes that you'll ever made and all the mistakes that he's going to tell you you're ever going to make. And he shames you. But I want to tell you, the devil is a liar. Because even when he tells us the truth, when he tells us the things, oh, look what you did. There, he always tells us a half-truth. He never tells us the whole truth. Have life and have it to the full. Jesus came to fill up your life. Philippians 3, 13 and 14. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ. Worship team, if you'd come back, we're closing out this segment of our worship experience. So how do you begin to live the life Jesus wants you to live? Well, you got to come back next week for that big part because I'm going to lay out some things for you. But I want to tell you it starts with this. John 10, 14. I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus came to give us life and life to the full. And if you're here this morning, you're watching online, you're sitting in your car, and you've not surrendered to Jesus, you have not accepted his gift of salvation, that is the first step in stopping the devil from stealing your stuff is you've got to get Jesus at the center of your life. If you want to receive Jesus this morning, I want to pray for you. With every eye closed, every head bowed for just a moment, you're not looking around, you're not distracted. You just 
You're just, it's just you, me, and Jesus right now. Jesus is calling your name, and he wants a relationship with you. He wants to save your life. And maybe even right now you feel this feeling almost inside your chest of a pulling. That is the Spirit of God calling you to a relationship in him. If you want to accept Jesus this morning, would you just raise your hand? I'm not going to embarrass you. Thank you so much. That is awesome. Thank you so much. Incredible. Maybe you're online this morning, and right now where you're at, if you just stop what you're doing, you just, or if you're able to lift your hands and just surrender to Jesus, we're going to pray together. We're going to ask Jesus to forgive us of our sins, and we're going to ask him to save us. So let's do that. Lord, I need a Savior in my life. Jesus, this moment, would you come in? Would you change my life? I'm a sinner, which means I'm not perfect. And I need a Savior. I know that you're calling me. I want to respond to you. And I, I, I take this leap of faith. I believe, Jesus, you are the Son of God, that you came, that you died, and that you rose again. And that, Jesus, I want to start to follow you. I want to get plugged into your kingdom. I want the fruit of the Spirit in my life. Jesus, I believe today we are starting a relationship with each other. Lord, thank you so much for your salvation. Church, for just a moment, can we celebrate? We had at least three people this morning said they want a relationship with Jesus. Come on. That's what this all is about. Fantastic. Let me speak to those who have given their lives to Jesus now. Not just those who did it this morning, but for everybody here today. The Bible says that Jesus himself said, look, to be saved is, is first the heart issue of surrendering to Jesus. But the second part is he said, and get baptized. Not because there's anything magical in this water, but Jesus realized the importance. So first there's belief. And that's where we ask Jesus to come into our life. But then he says, there's an action step. Let people know that you have decided to follow Jesus. And he says, look, symbolically, when, when, when we do a baptism, we believe in submersion because that's the way that Jesus did it. Um, and so we, we take people under the water and we bring them back up and it symbolizes that Jesus has washed away your past. He's washed away your sin and you are a new creation. It doesn't mean you're perfect, but it means that Jesus, for 60 years while we're outside, we've gone and we've bought all the clothes in multiple sizes for you to be able to change. My wife is here this morning. Uh, Pam, if you'd come, we're going to go back into worship. But if you would like to be obedient and get baptized this morning, my wife will walk you inside, find you the clothes to change into, and we will get it done today. And I would encourage you, don't hesitate, because you know what? If we hesitate, the enemy likes to come in and steal. Don't let him steal away something incredible in your life. We've got kids, we've got men's, we've got women's clothes. We'll make it happen today if God would move in your heart in that way. Let's pray, and then the worship team is going gonna, is gonna to lead us in worship. I'll come back and close us out. But if you'd like to get baptized, that's my wife right there. She would love to help you today make that choice. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much that you are an amazing, gracious, huge God. That you hear the cries of your people and you do amazing things. God, we thank you for the opportunity to lift your name up outside over our community, that people might see that there are people willing to, to worship and talk about you and to give them the opportunity to engage. Lord, we realize that the enemy wants to steal away the things that you've put in our life. But God, you've given us the tools to be able to put up a wall, to lock the door and say, no more. You can't steal my joy. You can't steal my love anymore. And God, I believe that this week is the first step and things being restored in so many people's lives. Lord, we thank you for those who made a choice to follow you this morning. And Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to lift our voices one more time in worship. Lord, I don't know if anyone's going to get baptized today, but if so, we celebrate, God, a person who is willing to be obedient to your call. We give you praise, glory, and honor this morning. And God's people said... Amen. Let's worship God one more time.
Love, man. God is good. We're not going to let the devil by distractions. We can't get one of the mics to work. Somebody's car's alarm going off, man. God is good. We're not going to let the devil steal our stuff. Uh, I'm so excited because uh, I have a believer here that made a decision to get baptized this morning. Donnie, correct? We just met this morning. Donnie, do you want to share a quick testimony this morning? Sure. Um, I've struggled at least 30, 35 years with drugs and alcohol and everything you can think of that comes with that. My family was brought up in a Christian home and brought up. So ever since I was about 14, I ran. I didn't want no part of it. Well, thanks to their prayers and my mama's prayers my whole life, I came back to my Heavenly Father and my Savior. And I've been clean and sober for many years, but I've known God now in my life for at least two that he has blessed me. And my biggest thing that I say now, I, I gave a testimony in, in my home church about uh, a mirror that I made and I cracked it and I broke it beyond belief. And the biggest realization that God gave me at that time and I was he made me beautiful out of my brokenness. And I want to share that at everybody in this world and everybody around us. It doesn't matter how broken we see ourselves. God sees us beautiful. And all we got to do is look upon him and we'll see it too. Awesome. All right, Donnie. So I'm going to have you step into the pool here. You can use those stairs or not. It's your choice. This is the first week of many more to come, and I believe we're going to see more salvations to come, church. Amen? Oh, man, it is good to worship with you. It is good to be out here praising the name of Jesus. I want to pray for you one more time. A couple of quick things just before you leave. When you exit today, if you park down here, we would ask that you uh, follow our parking team's directions. They're going to have you exit out here uh, to uh, Union Street. Uh, if you have offering to give today, uh, you can do so. You can drop it right over here in our white tube. We'll have it available next week at, the, at that location and when you drive in so you can give either of those two locations. And next Sunday is uh, Sack Lunch Sunday. And we'd love for you to bring your lunch with you in a cooler uh, or run over to Culver's and come back and just have lunch with us after the service so that we can build relationship with each other. Uh, it's been a good Sunday morning, amen? I love the sound of those horns. <laughs> Lord, we thank you once again, God, for what you want to do. We're the little church that could. Lord, once we got over just doing church because that's what we're supposed to do or how we're supposed to do it, God, you've changed hearts over the last few years. And we're stepping into the new adventure that you have for us. And we want to take the gospel far beyond the walls of a church building. We want to be the church. We don't want to do church anymore. We want to be the church. And God, we pray this next week that God, you would lay on each person's heart one person that we can invite to come. To come to Friday night, to take that card that we got when we drove in this morning and to invite someone to come to pr praise and worship Friday night to invite them to come back on Sunday morning to Cherry Humbled, that God, you would this morning taking this step begins a spark that changes lives forever. Lord, we thank you this morning. Lord, we pray over our offering. God, that what comes in, we might be able to do more with it than we ever thought possible. Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor. Be with your people until we gather again. In Jesus' name and God's people said, amen. We'll see you Friday night, drive-in church, 7 p.m.
worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the rages free. Our God, He holds a victory. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. We won't be quiet. We shout out joy. Jump. 